0: the Dive Into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki focused stories. 100% human. Hi, and welcome to a new episode of Dive Into Reiki. I'm Natalie J, your host. And today I have a lovely guest, Yolanda Williams. Uh, Yolanda is based in California, which is fortunate for her because we connected so nicely over Zoom uh, that I would be probably like begging her for coffee every week if she lived here in New York City. Uh, Yolanda is an intuitive, self-mastery coach and certified medical Reiki master, teaching Reiki intuitive development, elemental balancing and chakra mirroring. She trained with internationally recognized Reiki masters in the lineages of Usui Reiki Ryoho and Jikiden Reiki. Yolanda also trained with shamans and other healers of many modalities, increasing her intuitive abilities and understanding of universal oneness. Yolanda is also the host of the top-rated Reiki radio podcast, founder of the Alchemy Circle and creator of the Seeker Circle, which has become an international community of energy workers. She's currently authoring an Oracle deck, which I'm super excited about. So without further ado, uh, let's welcome Yolanda. Thank you so much, Natalie. I'm so excited to be here. It's
1: interesting, like hearing about your, you know, your bio. I'm like, oh, wow. Thank you so much.
0: But that's you, that is, you know, all of you. Well, that is a tiny piece of you. So we're going to explore that a lot uh, with a lot more depth in the next hour. And for many of the people, hopefully they will follow you and get to know you more through the years as well, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because you do some beautiful work. So I like to start all of this interview with the same questions. How did you come in contact with Reiki? When was the first time it appeared in your life and why?
1: Yeah, so the first time it appeared in my life, interestingly, I had gone through a layoff. Well, I had the option of keeping my job and relocating to another state, which I didn't want to do. And so I took my package and um, spent some time, you know, finding myself. Uh, (laughs) I had like a whole eat, pray, love experience. I went to Europe by myself and was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do next in life and I knew that I didn't want to go back into finance and so I got to this space where I was having anxiety I was freaking out I was like I don't know what I want to do with my life and I have bills to pay and I literally found myself one day it felt like I was imploding because I was just so afraid of not knowing what to do and I was Crying like in the fetal position on my bedroom floor, which was very unlike me, and I was just saying, like, please, like God, just give me any direction, give me a sign, just tell me what to do, just help me. And this really eerie calm came over me, and I stopped crying. And the first thought in my head was to call this woman who had done my astrology chart maybe ten years prior. And when I went to her initially. Um, she was so accurate that it scared me, which is why I never called her in that 10-year window. <laughs> I was like, oh, how does this lady know these things about me in my life? But, but anyway, um, since she was the first person or thought that came to mind, I booked a session with her to have my chart done again. And when I went, she told me several things about what was going on in my life. But most interestingly, she said, have you ever heard of Reiki? You should definitely go get a Reiki session. and." start meditation, learn how to meditate, because both of those are going to help you with the stress that you're experiencing. And then you can have clarity and decide how you want to move forward. So I looked up Reiki, because Google is my friend. And I was like, this is really interesting. It just sounded so strange that I thought, I I don't really want to have a session as much as I want to learn. Like, what is this? So I Um, signed up for a class. I took a Reiki class. I signed up for meditation class simultaneously. And then that was it. The door was open. And I started this deep dive into exploring myself.
0: I I love that. And we're talking about exploring yourself. I love that you said something uh, that healing is actually not the nice process we say, right? Like we think like healing and I was reading about Mark Epstein say, like we put all the pressure of fixing and being wonderful on the healing process. And it's actually quite tough. So I wonder if you can talk a little bit of was that process of like, Oh, I have crap inside of me. Yeah.
1: Yes. Well, I think partially I, I was kind of lucky in the beginning that I was blind to the whole idea of spirituality. I had, I hadn't read any of the books or I wasn't familiar with the practices or the teachers. And so I genuinely went in this blindly. And when I started um, meditation and Reiki, I practiced both diligently because I was so curious. And so there was this part of me that was very excited at the beginning of like, whoa, I'm experiencing myself different. I'm starting to perceive different things, you know, just life in a different way. So I went all the way in and being very, very diligent and just practicing. Um, then I started researching and finding other teachings and like spiritual communities. And I heard a lot about it sounded like, you know, the most amazing thing. Like, well, you're gonna be so spiritual and like rainbows and butterflies <laughs> and you feel so great. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And again, initially, that's what I was experiencing. I was just fascinated by what it was that I was um, starting to feel and sense and starting to question what are we in a different way but then what happened was I started to really see myself in ways that I guess I repressed or just things I had put on the back burner Um, different emotions started coming up and Starting having different reflections about my life experience and how things affected me and what I was behaving from today based on the past, and it was just like, wait, what is happening? This isn't sunshine and rainbows. Like what? Um, it was it was really hard. It was like standing in front of a gigantic mirror that I wasn't expecting to appear. Um, but fortunately, for whatever reason, there was a part of me that knew. This was part of my healing. I, I kind of it was like just instinctively knew. Don't run away from this. Don't shut down. This stuff is coming up for a reason. So keep examining. Like what's going on, and then how does this feel in your body? How does this feel with your energy? And where is the balancing coming in when you sit for practice? So yeah, I mean, and it. I just want to highlight too. It wasn't like a short process, like one week, this was years (laughs) of stuff coming up. And the truth is, it still does. It's just that as you go, and I think, um, as a lot of the resistance starts to dissipate, and you start to really see the beauty and the gift of seeing yourself, um, you just, it's not so hard, it can be uncomfortable. But there's a lot of gratitude around what's coming up. And, Um, the understanding that comes from that. And so, yeah, but definitely, there were a few years where I felt like, is the universe punching me in the face? Like, what is happening? I'm doing all the things. I'm practicing Reiki. I'm meditating. Like, why? Where's the sunshine and rainbows? (laughs) But But I eventually really did come to appreciate, I understood that it was part of my healing.
0: And I think it's part of the process and, you know, we have the sunshine and rainbow, so we get into it like, oh, right. But I I love that you said a couple of things, like really, first of all, like being open to experience it, the length of time it takes, but also the balancing, right? So when we experience those things, can we balance it? Because I think sometimes we then go into the shadow and my practice is not working and into the darkness, but we need to really find, okay, how can I balance this with gratitude and compassion, right? And I like yes. think it, it precepts in action there. Yeah. yeah. And that
1: was the thing. It was the, the different um, tools that I had learned through Reiki and meditation that really got me through those processes because then I started to recognize, okay, how do I feel in body? Oh, yeah, I can sit and use my breath to just calm and come back into a space of clarity. Or I can look at the Reiki Gokai and really examine like, wait, I really am angry right now. I really <laughs> am worried right now. Like, why? Like, what's coming up around this? And what are my perspectives that I'm holding? So, yeah, and even am I in my gratitude, can I see the beauty in this discomfort and what's happening? So the, definitely the practices um, and the techniques that are infused in Reiki got me through it. And so it gave me even more of a reverence for the practice itself and this gratitude of like, man, if I would have learned this as a teenager, but, you know, it comes when it comes.
0: We have that feeling. I have yeah. the fun of, of doing a Reiki precepts training, like to everybody who's like 12. So they yes. can go through puberty with a little bit of, two. and I think honestly, will the world will go towards that at night. Yeah positive, but uh, (laughs) you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. So what I love about you is you are relentless in your search for tools and knowledge, but you don't get attached to the tools either. Yeah, Right. So I wanted to say a little bit because part of it is like a lot of people ask me about Akashic records and, and a lot of intuitive tools and you did your research and I I feel like you got the benefit, but you're not trapped into the form of the tool. So I wanted yeah. you can explain a little bit about that journey to develop your intuition, especially because it came from finance and business, right?
1: Yes, yes, yeah. So one of the things that happened again, um, you know, with I always include meditation because I mean, I, I love it so much. And although Reiki is very meditative, I had to learn meditation as a separate thing to really go deeper into it, um, because it wasn't a big part of my first classes that I took. So anyway, um, because I was starting to experience myself differently, and I started to feel sensations differently. And, you know, whether in meditation or sometimes in Reiki sessions, I would see or feel like colors and things. And I was like, what is this? And it was very distracting to me because I was, you know, I wasn't, being present, I was more curious of like, what is all this stuff? And so I realized just to satisfy my mind, <laughs> to get it to, you know, I was like, I, I wanna understand why I'm having these experiences. So I um, took an intuitive development class and um, studied to have more understanding about how we translate and perceive energy or how we even translate and perceive the unseen. And so I went through a period of like, okay, I, I'm seeing and sensing intuitively in these different things, but it was never for me about uh, like predictive work. You know what I mean? It was more so again, this exploration of my design, like how can I even see or feel these things that aren't tangible, that aren't here in the material realm? So I was more so fascinated about what we have the ability to perceive. So I I went deep into that study. um, And I also recognized that once I understood my intuitive nature more, it also dissipated some fear around what I may feel or sense. Because a lot of people do get this heightened sensitivity after practicing anything. I mean, it could just be meditation, Reiki, whatever um and then from there it was like just going down a rabbit hole i was literally like alice in wonderland like oh there's more give me more what else <laughs> is out there and so i met this amazing woman who um was an akashic records teacher and i studied with her and so it was just like another layer of learning how we access different states states of consciousness um i'm a very curious person so also curious about why people may go into access different states of consciousness. But like you said, I didn't attach to maybe the the ways that people use all of these different practices, even Reiki, for that matter, for me, all of this work was about discovering more about myself. And so it was like, Oh, this is so cool. Like, being a human is actually kind of fascinating. And because it was changing me, And because I was just having a deeper appreciation for life and for being and existing, that's what encouraged me to want to share with other people. So even when I share with other people, like people that I teach or just people I converse with, I'm always very clear and like, you're not meant to mimic me. (laughs) Like here are the tools that have helped me, but see how it opens you up to you notice what you start to recognize about you. And then of course, what that may reveal to you about this true nature that we talk about and these aspects of us that are really beneath the surface beyond, ooh, I'm Natalie, beyond, you know, I was born in a female body and all, I mean, there's just so much more underneath that is that unifying quality in all of us. And I think these practices, all of them for me have,
0: help me see that in a broader way. I, I love the way you put it because at the end is that is self-exploration. It's yeah. not it's not about getting answers about should I go to a supermarket now or later, right? And I'm <laughs> simplifying it, but a lot of times yeah. we put more like we do an exploration of like what should I do versus who I am. And I I, I think you made it very clearly and very lovingly for everyone to understand. So I really appreciate yeah. that answer. Yeah. Uh, you also mentioned something when we had a conversation that I always struggle to put into words and you put it beautifully. When we do the work with others, we offer a session, we shouldn't confuse observation and awareness with being like an antenna trying to get a message. So right. would love if you can elaborate a little bit more on that, because I think as practitioners, we struggle. Do I get messages? I yes. say, what is this? Right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, when that initially was happening for me, I did have that pressure on myself. Because again, I wasn't even very clear in the beginning of like what Reiki was. And it was like that thing of like, I'm doing Reiki, you know? And so it was this pressure self-imposed of, okay, I'm seeing and sensing, thing. am I supposed to tell them? What does this mean? Am I gonna translate <laughs> correctly? All of this blah, 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 right? So I absolutely went through that phase and that stage of that. But then I got to a place of like, hello, come back to observation, let go, be the empty vessel. But there was a, a lot in my own process that I had to work through, like layers of my own ego and layers of my own wanting to be right, to do it right, to do a good job. you know. And honestly, I think there's nothing wrong with I think there's this beauty in that so many people that decide to do this type of work and hold space for others. We just genuinely want to do a good job, like we want to help you, we want to support you. But then again, we attach to these expectations that take us out of the practice itself. And so I think a lot of practitioners, I think it's just part of the process of the undoing and the learning and the bumping against ourselves to see what we're even attached to and the pressures we're putting on ourselves. But so I went through that cycle. And I appreciate it. Because now when i Meet other practitioners and they have a similar experience. I can relate. I'm like, yeah, I was there. I did that. Howsoever, <laughs> you can let that go, let it fall away. You can observe, and it absolutely means nothing. You can just hold space, and that's all it is. Um, but I think the greater gift in a lot of the things that I practiced outside of just Reiki was, you know, and I have to say, Reiki's in there as well it all kind of helped me learn more to trust, to let go, to not be so attached, to um, pay more attention to my own self observation, what I feel, what I sense, how I feel guided, just, 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 you know, without making everything something. So, you know, we go through, we go through it, how we go through it.
0: But I think it's so helpful to know, again, Many of us will practice for one year, two re- years Reiki, then we get a little confused. Yeah. We may drop the practice or feel stuck. And I think hearing the experience of people who have been practicing for 15 years, 20 years, mm-hmm. and understanding that, oh, this is a stage, keep a beginner's mind, keep an open minded, because the practice keeps changing. Yes. Right. And for me, that's what excites me about Reiki. I've been practicing for years. And from experience, like, oh, it will keep on changing. So I'm never bored, right? Like, and when Mm -hmm. I feel bored, it's like, just soften because it will change again, right? So it's the beauty, like, you never can get it right because it changes all the time, which is a very Buddhist thing at the end. Mm -hmm. So there is no way to do Reiki right because your practice will change every moment, every breath. Yeah. I think knowing that is like a relief for a lot of people, right?
1: No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's why you know a big focus for me is like, here are the tools, right? And they're kind of like, to me, they're foundational, they're keys, but the beauty is like, don't just leave them on the surface and don't get so rigid in being right. Like I have to practice right, I have to be exact. Like more so again, coming into that observation of, as I sit with myself and I apply these, not just when I'm sitting and not just in session, but how do I apply this out in my everyday life? Like, how does the Gokai show up in my exchange with my friends and my family? Or how does using my breath really help me in exchanging with the world around me, right? So it always has, well, not always, but now, it it really is to me about um, how I am being and how these tools are helping me to evolve. Like, I think that's what keeps me excited and connected to my practice, because I know I have no idea how I'm evolving and changing. And I know that it's like this never ending process. And I don't know what the end result will be. But I'm very thankful that I am changing, (laughs) you know, I'm very thankful for the ways that I see it has contributed to my life and how it's helping me soften and how it helps with my layers of, you know, stress and how I handle things. And all of that across the board. But yeah, absolutely. I also think that's why it's important for practitioners to know, like if your experience doesn't mirror someone else's, it doesn't mean that you're wrong. You're just going through your process your way. And what comes up for us individually is going to look different. And how we choose to work through what comes up for us is going to be different. But it's but it's the beauty in that we have these similar practices that help to get us there right so yeah I don't even know if I answered your question now but
0: that, that, <laughs> no, that was amazing because I, I sing the pressure to have the same experience as everybody else because in life you yeah. come from school right so mm-hmm. I pass my math test, my literature I'm good at like you basically we live in a society of fitting in and replicating experiences right right if everybody loves a movie and you don't like it it's weird so yeah You with your answer, giving that freedom, like we all will experience the practice differently. We will all unfold and evolve differently is what is needed sometimes because we come from a different mindset. So I think that is a precious gift. And what I love is you're actually supporting people through your patron and your circle. And I wanted to, if you can talk a little bit about that, like the importance of actually supporting practitioners because certification training is great. Yeah. But it's so short that the questions come after. So if you can talk a little bit about the process you're doing to help other Reiki, Reiki practitioners as well.
1: Yeah. So interestingly, it started with the podcast because when I started this work again, and back then I started the podcast in 2013. Yeah, and at the, the, the time, listen, I, yeah, I was like, hello, is anybody talking about this stuff? <laughs> um, so at the time there, there wasn't a lot of, um, Information available outside of like the little pod of like what class you took or your immediate community. And again, a lot of what I was experiencing in terms of like stuff coming up and being uncomfortable and questioning, am I doing this right? I realized there had to be other people that were experiencing this too. So if I could find a way to start having these conversations, because I also understood it was part of this process that I didn't quite understand yet, right? So I was like, if I can just share what I'm going through, if anyone else is going through it, maybe it it will encourage them to stay in the process. And then we can start having conversations about this and help each other through sharing what we're experiencing and being honest about it, not thinking you have to say, yes, I'm peaceful and I'm so kind every day. Like, no, (laughs) if you're mad, say you're mad. But let's then look at these practices and see how do they work How do they help us work through these different emotions and things coming up, right? So I just wanted to talk about it and have um, like a community forum, but I didn't even know if anyone would listen to the podcast. I was like, "Eh, just throw it out there. So it did take a while um, before I started hearing from people that found it and were listening. Um, And I really appreciated that. But then I started to realize even more That for a lot of us, after our initial training, then then what? And then we go home and we practice, but the class was over. And some people didn't even have access to their teachers, really, in a very personal way afterwards. So we were just kind of like, okay, well, when I'm practicing now, that's when the stuff is really starting to happen. Like, that's where I need to talk to someone. And this is where my questions are. Because when I'm in class, I don't know what to ask. I'm just learning. I I don't know. But when I start implementing, man, I have questions. (laughs) What's happening? So, anyway, over the years that evolved, um, I had an opportunity to then start um, doing some online classes, not Reiki. I don't teach Reiki online, but I started having um, online classes to support practitioners. But I love again the back and forth exchange. So, I decided to start the Patreon group. And I invited practitioners to come in to practice together, but then to also share, let's talk about it. Like what's coming up for you? What is your experience? And on one hand, it's because I really believe we learn from each other, but I think it also gives people this space where they feel comfortable, they feel seen, they feel heard because a lot of people that practice whatever they practice, they may not have people in their immediate life that understand that they can talk to about these things. A lot of people are closeted about their practices because they don't want to seem weird or be judged. And so it's like, yeah, you have this community, this space, let's play, let's practice and talk about it. And so, um, you know, and it developed into like a lot of mentoring coming from that. But again, it's one of those things that I'm like, I, I don't know how long I'll be doing this. I don't know what it will evolve into, but I'm doing that for now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, and I love your podcast I was lucky to Thank be in you. it and I really enjoy every interview and I think it's what you said about being closeted I think it happens to a lot of us right like with some people are born like in spiritual families or people open to it I right. basically when I talk about Reiki is either Hare Krishna or witch right so <laughs> it's, like, it's like really like not a good thing so for me like finding a community was really really important as well right and of people who are grounded and you know who also have a life. Because I think sometimes, and that happened to me, part of the process is you discover Reiki and you don't want to work anymore. You just want to do Reiki, right? Because it's yes. so beautiful. And then part of the process is like, okay, we cannot all be Reiki practitioners, but what if my life becomes my Reiki practice, right? My yes. freelance writing, my relationship with the family. So yes. finding the community really anchors yourself so you can uh-huh. really explore what you need to explore. Absolutely. So grateful for all your work. And the other thing that you're working on, and I'm pretty, pretty excited, is (laughs) Oracle work. Uh, The Oracle coming in. So I don't know how much you're able to share because obviously it's not out yet. But if you want to talk a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I actually just, I wanted to create an Oracle deck for a very long time. And back, you know, many years ago when I was, you know, doing my Alice in Wonderland thing, Um, I came across Oracle cards. And so again, my curiosity, was like, Ooh, what are these about? Um, And so I started, I actually learned how to read Oracle cards from a woman who had created her own deck and she was a phenomenal teacher. Um, But again, for me, I used the cards every day to go like, well, what is coming up in my energy? What may I not be looking at, um, in a particular way, just wanting different perspective on me personally, like what is it I'm holding around this situation, and what might support me to understand differently. So I worked with cards in that way, and then um, over the years I uh, started helping people learn how to read cards, and then at some point I became interested in tarot. And anyone who is familiar with tarot, it's broken up into major arcana and minor arcana. And I, for a very long time, was only interested in the major arcana, which is known as the fool's journey. And so as I connected with the cards, I realized like, oh my God, this is showing the process that we go through in our own process of like coming into deeper relationship with ourselves and what starts to come up for us. It mirrored a lot of what I experienced through the years of this work. So I was fascinated that this story was being told from another lens. And I have to say, Natalie, that's one of the things of why I also like to study and read about so many different practices and philosophies because underneath it all, they all seem to point back to the very same thing, which is you (laughs) and how you are going through this practice of awakening to yourself and um, revealing more of that true nature, right? So anyway, so the tarot, um, I was fascinated with the major arcana. I got to the minors later, whatever. But I have now more decks than I will admit on your show. But what I realized <laughs> is <laughs> I wanted just one go-to deck that very specific for people that are interested in self-work. Like, I would love to have a deck where... Um, practitioners or even just people who again just interested in self-exploration could use this one deck and there are different elements within it that hold that mirror for us like what is it that I am holding what is it that I'm not seeing what is it that is helping me in this challenging situation you know um so I designed uh the deck itself I worked with an artist I had to translate to her the images in my mind um part of the deck is inspired by the major arcana, but then the rest of the deck is, um, is just different stuff going on. So anyway, it's very much a deck to support people in their self-work. And some of us are visual, and some of us just like other tools, and I realize that as well. Again, this journey is personal for all of us. We all resonate with different things. And because Oracle and Tarot were um, two tools that helped me go deeper into looking at this (laughs) life experience and how I'm navigating it. I was like, yeah, I definitely want to create something that is um, very intentionally to be used for people who want to do the same.
0: And I love hope throughout this interview, the one thing that comes is really that they're just tools to mirror and discover your true self. Yes. Right. It's not Yes, it's great that it fixes back pain in the case of reiki, that it has some emotional release, but at the end, it's really self-exploration. And I think Mm -hmm. once you see everything through that filter, two things happen. First, again, no right, no wrong way of doing it. But second, uh, especially when it comes to daily practice, it also helps organizing it, right? Because Mm -hmm. another thing I'm encountering is like when we discover many tools, we're like, what is my daily self-practice? Yes. So I was wondering if you can give uh, perhaps a tip to how to organize your daily self-practice, perhaps based on yours or just like, yeah. okay, you may, because I'm like a, I'm like a Muji store. Like I have one practice and that's it. Right. Yeah. But you're like you have been able to explore and still be very focused, which is a rare occasion. So any yeah. advice on how to establish your daily practice when you have all of that?
1: Yeah. I, I just want to highlight something that you just said, because I, I think again, a lot of us when we are seeking and trying to understand, we right and wrong ourselves a lot. And I think there's beauty in people that, like you, just stick very like into the purity of whatever a particular practice is. I like to think of um, people who practice this way as like lineage holders in a way. And I think that's very important because that's where the traditions get passed down, and we can continue to learn like that information, those teachings those foundations are never lost because there are certain people that just want to stick very tightly to the tradition. And again, I think there's um, so much beauty in that because if that weren't the case, we wouldn't be sitting here right now talking about Reiki, right? Um, However, there are some people, again, not right or wrong, that do feel like,
0: oh,
1: I want all the things. (laughs) Like, just help me with all the things. And there's the new Uh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and so I just I hope people can understand and appreciate whatever they feel called to. That's great for you. Like there is no right or wrong in this. Um, But what I did, even when I was curious and explore, I listen. I still, if you saw my bookshelf, I still (laughs) that never really ends for me. Um, But one thing that was always true is no matter what class I was taking, no matter what I was learning. I always had uh, just a foundational daily meditation, period, across the board. I don't care what I'm doing, what I'm exploring. Meditation is always a part of my daily practice. And I've um, made it a point to be very, like, you know, rigid with myself, honestly, about making sure I start my day with meditation. If I'm lucky, I get to do it a few times throughout the day. But meditation really is my love, like that is genuinely what I'm in love with. Um, so that has always been the foundation of no matter what exploration I do. And then say, for example, like, yes, I studied Akashic records. And yes, I studied, you know, Oracle and this and that, I give my attention to these practices, because I genuinely want to understand. But the thing is, again, I don't attach to and I don't feel like, I have to implement everything I said, how, 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 how could I possibly practice every single thing every day? So (laughs) for me, the focus really is, what am I getting from this thing that I just learned? It always comes back to how is this practice in service to my goal of understanding me? How is this practice? in service of helping me to see or understand myself in a higher way. And then I take that in, I take it in, I take it in. So then it becomes more of aii I don't, the only way I can describe it is, again, I don't feel like I have to do all the things as much as I appreciate the different perspectives that all of these things have given me. But then there's also this thing that comes where, Say Akashic Records, for example, the class that I took, it was suggested after class that you practice it every single day for 30 days um, right after class. And so I did that because, you know, it's part of the practice. And so what I realized is I was enjoying that. So then that became part of what I did every single day for months. I went into my Akashic Records. But what started happening again is instead of just being a surface, thing that I was doing, I started to recognize, like, oh, how is this changing the way that I see things and the way that I feel the flow of energy and on and on and on. And so again, it's more like it awakens something in me, but it wasn't that I had to attach to now I have to keep doing this every day. And I don't. I mean, I really I don't do it at all. But because of the connection to the practice itself, just the same for people who practice Uh, meditation or um, any element of Reiki that you practice diligently, it's you start to embody the essence of the practice, you start to recognize, like, how do I live and allow this, this experience, this expression to live through me. So it's almost like in a lot of ways, the tools kind of start to fall away, like the grip you have on them starts to fall away. And it's more about how is this adding to this expression and what I'm starting to understand more about myself. So I will say, if you are someone that likes to study many things, maybe don't do 10 classes at once, (laughs) but you know, like, oh, I wanna study this one thing, give your time and attention to that thing, but practice, implement. Otherwise, what are you studying for? Like what's the point in just gathering all the information? That's just my point of view. And then again, don't give yourself this pressure of right and wrong. As much as how do you feel guided in this practice? Some people I know, they do study and practice many things and they do continue to practice all those things, but that's what works for them. And it's a beautiful thing. It's just that wasn't my personal guidance. I'm just more of a how can you help crack me open type of girl.
0: And then (laughs) let's see what happens. No, but I think it's, again, sharing our experience, like for some people, it will resonate because sometimes, yeah, we have too many practices. And I love that you said we don't need to practice all of them every day, right? We just need to go deep to get that gift is meant for us. Yeah. And then we can choose what we keep. Because I do think there is something very interesting to discover on the outside that look very different. But yeah. at the end, they are point in towards the same thing. There is a lot of yeah. wisdom to begin. I I do it, but with martial arts and other things that are not only as mainstream, but I've learned more from Reiki sometimes in Mm E.I. you know, in the martial arts than from Reiki because I get like a fresh, like, it's like a knock on the head. It's like, oh, stop looking at the same thing from this angle. There is another angle, right? And there is And sometimes I was in a channel exhibit. She wrote something like you create, you put all the stuff and then you take away until it's the most simple expression. I'm like, that's Reiki. So the more open we are. Right. And the yeah. more we have that thing of like, what can I get from these? I think yeah. we learn from everything, not just from even Akashic records, Oracle, we learn from like walking on the street. right? Yes. Yeah. That and is- that's
1: the thing. I think that's the beauty of this community as well, which a lot of people have a lot of judgment around, but I, I don't, I think it's beautiful that because you have so many different people practicing and people call to so many different things, then you have this variation of um, tools and elements that's really available to anyone and what you feel called to. So for example, like I know a lot of people work with like Reiki and crystals. I have a lot of crystals and I love crystals, but they're not necessarily part of my sessions. Now, I can't say what that means for someone else who feels so drawn to that. But there are people who feel drawn to that. And again, it's like, Wow, it it fascinates me the way this work again expresses through everyone uniquely, you know what I mean? Or, you know, some practitioners, they may like to incorporate, like maybe they do a reading for you, or they do Akashic Records, and then they'll implement energy work as part of the process. Again, like that, that guidance and trust that people have to just allow things to express through them the way that they feel called that's amazing to me. And I like variety. Like I know that everything is not for everyone. And we're all going to be drawn in and inspired by even different things. And so that for me has been why I appreciate learning different things, reading about different things. I love to interview people because I want to hear what is your practice and what has it done for you. And in that vein, when I interview people and their different practices, it's not because it's what I practice or what I'm interested in. But I do understand that there are other people listening that may be called to that. So yeah, let's have the conversation and see what's inspiring all of us. Listen, I just, I love it all.
0: <laughs> and I think it's beautiful because we're billions of people and everybody will have a yeah. journey, right? So there is right. no one way there is seven billion ways and more
1: exactly right there you go yes
0: exactly <laughs> and again compassion right in the right. So i love i love that so your answers have been so enlightened and i love like how articulate and precise and kind they are but now i want to go to the little other side a little bit of okay. the, the reiki oops if there is okay. one reiki oops that still brings you a little bit of a smile because again, and I've mentioned this in every podcast for me, like the biggest insights I've had in my practice are when I did, like I've been John when I wasn't ready and I was like completely crazy for three days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What is the Reiki oops that brings a smile to your face still? And mm-hmm. that has brought a beautiful uh, lesson as well.
1: I can think of two off the top of my head. Um, one, the biggest Reiki oops for me was again, at the very beginning, trying so hard. I mean, I was trying hard and I was attached (laughs) again to outcome. And this was more so in practicing on other people. Right. And you know, that whole thing that a lot of practitioners go through, like, is this working? Is anything coming? Like what? Ooh, like I was so focused on again, like, is it right? Is it working? Not trusting and just allowing and, you know, being that empty vessel. And so, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and it was so distracting. And then there was this one day I'll never forget. Um, one of my friends wanted me to do a session for them. And I literally had the thought cause I was so frustrated with not knowing how it was working. You know, I was like, I don't even care. And I literally went into the session with this feeling of like, I, I could care less. Let me just lay my hands on them. Like, whatever. Like I was so detached <laughs> And it was the most amazing experience I had. Like, it was like this flood of just energy. And I just had this realization in the moment of like, you got out of the way. You stopped trying. And that's the whole thing. Stop trying. Just sit, breathe. Just, just, right? So that was a huge lesson um, for me about um, just being an observation, just staying with my own breath, just my focus in that, that particular session was more so on me, like the cultivation of like life force that I was experiencing in my own being. Was I allowing myself to be um, just like free in the flow of life force that I was feeling? Was I allowing myself to let go of my attachments? Could I surrender enough to let go of my own yip-yap over here, like about rightness? And could I let go of the anger and frustration? And could I just and that was huge for me. So um, while I do care, when I show up for session, <laughs> I'm not attached to outcome. And that was um, one of the things that screamed that at me. Another thing is, <laughs> I have encountered over the years with not just working with different practitioners, but just in conversation with a lot of practitioners. Um, a lot of people just want to get it quick. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if they want to awaken quick or they want a quick result. I'm not sure what the the desire is, but they want something to happen quick, right? And so a lot of people will do things where they'll do like Reiki one, two, and three, like within a day. And then on the other side, they feel like drunk and just like, whoa, like, oh. It's almost like a, a energetic overload that happens when people ingest, 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 because I, I want to do this fast, right? And so that was also... Um, a big lesson, an observation of integration. Like, be easy. There's no rush. (laughs) Take it in. And again, it's not just a surfacey thing. The truth of the matter is when you start connecting with yourself and when you start implementing these practices, it can't not change you. And the energy that moves can't not have some type of impact on you. And so instead of trying to like over stimulate yourself or your system, like kind of, you know, it reminds me of enjoying the meal. You know, you don't have to eat so fast. <laughs> just just enjoy the meal. You'll notice the flavors, the textures, you, you know what I mean? It's different than just like woofing it all down and then you're full and you're like, oh, I feel sick. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um so I think our practice in a lot of ways can be that way. We can be um very excited to get it done, whatever, again, that it may be. But I have learned um, the beauty in being patient, not just in what we ingest, but being patient with ourselves and recognizing how the work is helping us to evolve and shift and change and balance and bring stuff up and work through the layers. Just take a breath and take your time.
0: I, I love those words, patience and integration. And it reminds me of a story of Sharon Salzberg. I was like, like really bad meditator. I couldn't meditate before I met Sharon Salzberg, right? Like she's so kind and human and like neurotic New Yorker. Like, okay, <laughs> like she's human, right? Yeah, yeah. She did something beautiful. She started doing meta meditation for a month, right? So meta meditation, she will sit and do like, may I be happy? May I love all these things? And after a month, like, she's frustrated, like, my life is the same, right? Like, like ah, oh, this is, like, useless. I'm in mean, India, wasting my time. Yeah. And then she let something fall, like, and she's a cloth. And she heard herself say, you're a cloth, but I love you. Uh. So I found it so beautiful because we always expect, and I did. I was a person who wanted super girl powers when I studied Reiki, right? Mm-hmm. We expect the changes are big and fast, but they actually... Right they show up we show up our practices working on those little things when we break a glass and we don't get so upset about ourselves Uh, yesterday i sent an email to a man i call mike and i call him will right (laughs) and i felt ashamed but then i started laughing yes (laughs) because like i do this so often this poor person will not know right it's a business so it's not very but I was like, and those are the tiny indication your practice is working. They're modest, but they're huge, even though they look small. Right. So yes. I patience and kindness towards herself. I think that was a great, oops. I love it.
1: You know, with you saying that Natalie, it reminds me of, um, maybe if you don't know, but we have a similar teacher Franz. And what you just shared reminded me, reminds me so much of him. And it was one of the things that I really uh, still appreciate and, um, having him as a teacher is he has such a lightheartedness and there's such a playfulness to him in his classes. And I think, again, when we come into this, a lot of people think we have to be so serious, like this is serious. And while it is, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's serious business doing your healing and doing these things, but there's still this playfulness that can be a part of it and actually is quite helpful in the process. Of not being so attached and being more forgiving and being more compassionate like the laughter has to be present so yeah that's a beautiful example i love i love
0: yeah. that if not it becomes so dry right like I yeah. blame it on instagram i honestly blame <laughs> it on instagram where everybody's looking with flowers like even if you are like new york like like yeah. harlem based everything is like bucolic with loose hair like And the reality is the opposite, right? I practice and probably during this podcast, you'll hear there was a siren, there was like a garbage truck, there is noise. Now there is a concert going on. Like life is noisy and amazing, but it's also joyful, right? And embracing that subyoreki practice versus, yeah, I I blame it all on Instagram. I'm telling you. (laughs) And I love Instagram. I'm like, I'm addicted to Instagram, but it makes our practice very skilled and not in a good mental still way, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, sometimes that's one of the maybe basic questions that we can ask ourselves along the way is like, how am I experiencing this, you know, like on the other side, not while you're meditating itself, but like on the other side, like just taking a breath and noticing, like, how am I experiencing this again? Like, am I using this, this essence of calmness and stillness? Am I able to apply this when something triggers me out in my life? And like, when I recite and chant the Gokai? Am I really feeling into those words? And then do I really allow them to be like little mantras in the mind to remind me of my perspective as I'm interacting in the day? I mean, again, it comes down to that, like patience, slow down, observe, like how the practices are actually impacting your life. It's not just information to take in, to be able to regurgitate, to be able to just know all the spiritual jargon like no like how is this actually why did you study in the first place you know that's like one of the things I ask people like why why did you want this in the first place and then how are you allowing this to support you in experiencing that
0: yeah and I love it because as you say that and it is really in the precepts practice diligently mm-hmm. like it right. tells you from day one this is not gonna be fast honey yeah like and then you see belt <laughs> and go for the bumpy ride it's gonna be yeah. a very long ride like go yes. to the from before so, yeah and but we go like okay work hard practice diligently and we like yeah <laughs> like we and thank god because i think if we knew it was a lifelong journey right we may not take the first class right like mm-hmm. true so but it is already there but but I love the way you put it, right? Like, can we just take and reflect on our life? How it's impacting? Because I think that's where we see the results. I yeah. I, I had a student and she was like, Natalie, that Ricky class, like, I don't feel the warmth. I don't feel energy flowing. She says, but I'm not screaming at my kids anymore. Uh-huh. And she says, and yeah. I'm riding a bike, which I was so scared of doing. So this yeah, thing worked, yeah. right? It was, yeah. And that woman, I wanted to hug her because, like, she had such trust, right? She had no unicorns, nothing. Yeah, she noticed. Like, I'm screaming less at my kids. Right, that was worth it all. So I, I love that you brought it to that place. And before we finish with the drawing, I wanted just to say, do you have a timing for the oracle? Because I'm like, I'm like, I'm already waiting for the pre-sale. <laughs> the sale, so I'm sure everybody who's leaving anything where people will be able to get it
1: yeah so um thankfully i have a friend who is a graphic artist and she has helped me a lot so hopefully everything will be submitted for printing in september and then it's supposed to just be a few months after that so hopefully in the fall but definitely by the end of this year
0: and that's going to be my yeah. christmas present to many people yeah. I- oh thank and, you and i can it's because i love this perspective sometimes we cannot see things right like we yeah. are because we're human we may have a practice we need okay can I change my track of my mind I'm like very like obsessed with one thing yeah. I'm a little bit rigid I'm a like Scorpio Belgian <laughs> like, nee, 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 nee. and I think sometimes when we take oracles as a prompt to open our vision to regain the yeah. beginner's mind I think it's a beautiful and a oracle design from that point of view with yeah. with your meditation practice I'm like I'm desperate and I have to say I saw a sneak peek and they're beautiful as well
1: thank you so much it's funny because this whole time talking to you every now and again like I can't help but see your artwork in the background (laughs) and that's the exact thing I mean it's like it's so interesting what images like bring up in us you know the feeling and just what they start to um help us feel or see in a different way so yeah I mean there's just something so amazing about um artwork in of itself
0: I just want to express and again, we have talked not on that many occasions, but I'm so grateful to be able to just share our experience for you to come here and share like your beautiful wisdom with every one of us. It's really a gift to the world. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much, love. And maybe we'll have to do a virtual coffee one day so we can just catch up and um, behind
0: the scenes <laughs> i'm here we have some stuff that so people know we talked of the record last time where we have to catch up as well yeah but it's just a privilege to know you so i'm really grateful oh you um, too my love thank you for listening to the dive into reiki podcast you can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog if you found this episode helpful please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you, gracias, merci.